the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Heard TV executive yesterday. Eh, it's not fair to say. Heard an executive from a company that produces content for YouTube, a media executive. And he said, in 10 years, TV will be dead. And I don't totally disagree with that idea. Again, it goes back to, do you remember your childhood? Do you remember being seven years old and your thoughts on Christmas? You had some pretty cool toys. Take a look at the toys they sell today at Toys R Us. You're like, that's disappointing. I had a game called Dark Tower. That was awesome. I don't think they make quality toys or games. And again, my dad probably could have said the same thing to me. Uh, like, back when I was a child, we had wooden robots. I'm like, well, that sucks. Like, everything I want has batteries in it. But the point being is that we romanticize things, and TV will be different in 10 years. Football is different in the last 10 years. And if you get a, a sports nerd on the show, of which I think all sports nerds should be put in a room of argon gas and just melted uh, to a pile of goo. Um, I know you're saying, are you talking about inert argon gas or active? Because there's a big difference. I'm talking inert. So get off my back, okay? Point being is um, things things change. And in the world of investing, things change. So the way you set up your portfolio 10 years ago is different than you should set it up today. And even more dramatically and realistically, when you hit retirement, it should be a change. Um, you know, I've gone through a period of the last 10 years where I've had no bonds, and I, I feel comfortable having no bonds. That's going to change. When higher interest rates come, uh, I'm going to be like, whew, whew, look at the bonds on that one. I'm going to be all about that in a bucket of chicken, if you know what I'm saying. I know you're saying, I have no clue what you're saying. But I'm going to be all about it, and I'm going to bring a bucket of chicken. Oh, who are the coolest people this weekend? Kentucky Der Derby party goers? No. Kentucky Derby party goers who bring a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. Those are the coolest people. Intent, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Get what I mean, get what I mean. Thunderclap, thunderclap. Anyway, um, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLensource.com. you got to get those glasses off. You look so old with those glasses. I can't read without them. <laughs> you, not only do you look old. You are old. I can't read without them. How does it feel to get old? Uh, it's it's definitely different. I, I can't explain it to you. Any thoughts, any ideas on like how real estate and how we thought about it 10 years ago should be different than how we think about it now? Because I, I, I've got one that instantly comes to mind. Um, I think we've lost a lot of speculators. Uh, the, the last 10 years have created you know, much more awareness and what can happen. I think, still, I think there's still speculators. I know. Well, there's there's definitely speculators, but I think everyone on my street thinks their house is going to go higher. And I think anybody who asks me, hey, hey, is it a good time to buy? I think those. That, I think that's really the wrong question because that just to me means that you're looking for appreciation in the house. And most people don't buy a house for appreciation. Most people buy it for 
place to live, number one, a private place that they can do work on, and then some good tax benefits and good school districts and so on. Um, but is it a good time to buy? It sounds like speculation. Yeah, there's still some speculators out there, but we did learn a lesson. I think that's the one thing that I think we have just a different mindset on, on what real estate means as far as a portfolio. I think a lot more people are looking at their uh, their CPA or their CFP before they buy houses or do refinances or take cash out or do a remodel. Um, and they realize that their portfolios can go down and, and their real estate can go down. I think one of the per- most profound things that I've seen in the last 15 years is because interest rates are so low that not only should you get a property, but that you should potentially keep that property for life as a rental because that low cost of money. We're seeing that firsthand right now. That it's low of, payment. It's one of the reasons why inventory in the Bay Area is, is, is where it is right now at such low levels. People say, you know, I have, I've been able to refinance my house. I've got some, uh, you know, the payments as low as it's going to get. Why not turn it into rental? Rentals, rental, uh, rental vacancies are all uh, 20 year lows right now, and the um, rents are up. Okay, you, you basically know my age. You basically know my life situation. Are you shocked when I say this next statement? If I have 10 friends, seven of them rent. I'm shocked by that. Because I would have thought 15 years ago that at age 45, that everyone I know owns a house. Yep. And 7 out of 10 rent. And 7 out of 10 can be forced to move if the owner decides to sell. I'm a little bit shocked. Like, I, I think the Bay Area has a much higher renter, a much older renter for a home than anywhere else in America. And, and again, that's... It's not something you think of. It's not something you process. And it's again, it's a 15-year change. Like 15 years ago, I bet it was a much. We're unique in in that sense that we're limited how do you on catch, inventory. How do you catch a really special sheep? How do I catch what? A really, really special sheep. I have no idea. Unique up on it. <laughs> I'm gonna put my glasses back on. Wow. That joke was had a hole big enough to drive a truck through. <laughs> we got a great big convoy trucking down the line. Jerry Reed. Can I let you in on a little radio secret? There's a memo going around this week to everyone but me, and it was about me, about how sometimes I've got pregnant pauses and I've got holes big enough to drive trucks through. <laughs> so instead of addressing the issue directly with me, it's addressed with everyone but me. How dysfunctional is that? And thus, instead of me uh, you know, going to the manager and going, like, what's this all about? Big enough to drive a truck through. Like, uh, that kind of describes my – I'm not going to say that joke because it's R-rated. But um, So I'll just bring it up on air five or six times, <laughs> not make anything more awkward, huh? Don't even point. What? Don't point, even. Don't even point. What? I like talking with my drops. Like, I love the fact that I could just say right out of nowhere say, Chewbacca, how you doing, Chewie? It's the best conversation I have all day with my drop. Anyway, what were you saying about real estate 15 years ago? Uh, you were talking about how people are keeping their houses as rentals yeah. as opposed to selling them. And we're yes. seeing that here in the Bay Area. Um, why not? We're working with a client right now. He's like, do I have enough equity? Yes. You can turn it into a rental. Sure, it cash flows. Do I have enough down payment? Well, you can do a low, low down payment program, buy a new house, and there you have two, two houses being paid off. Well, it's, it's not as simple as that, but that's the mindset. One of the things that have changed here in the Bay Area, people are saying, I want to keep the property, Prop 13. There's another reason why to keep the property. I disagree you, on that. Well, I just hate Prop 13 through and through, even though there's benefits to it. Keep some taxes low and, and uh, pass it on to family, maybe. It's a, uh, something that we're unique in the fact that the Bay Area is limited on inventory. And on building homes, we're building the, the homes that we are building are multifamily. The rest of the nation, however, has a, a large supply of, of inventory. There's places in the east right now that are doing that have two, you know, four, five, six months of inventory, and people are still looking to buy homes. Well, I got rerouted today in my traffic thing, so I had to drive through Fremont instead of you know from the freeway straight into the radio station. Um, there's a lot of land here. Like, I, I don't think Fremont can appreciate as much as Palo Alto, because Palo Alto, they've built every square inch they can, whereas there's a lot of square inches here that still have room. Oh, it's one of those days, huh? Okay, can you name this musician? David Bowie. 
Mm. I think you're wrong. I think it's the Rolling Stones. David Bowie. No, I think it's the Rolling Stones. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's okay, maybe it's David Bowie. I would be a horrible game show host. No, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. For Tony, find him at email tony at bayarealonesource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm one of those people that notices things. If you have not picked up that LinkedIn, Yelp, Twitter, and Zynga have all fallen 20% this week. Well, not Zynga, but Zynga's done horrible performance for two years now. But these are all once were darlings. We'd whistle at them and go, you're hot. I want to own you, which is kind of creepy, but it is what it is. When I see LinkedIn, Yelp, Twitter, and Zynga all fall apart, I'm like, okay. <clears throat> Real estate's going to go down. I know you're saying, wait, 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 wait. That's a pretty big jump. It's not. Facebook hasn't fallen apart, and Facebook's the king now, Facebook, will, it'll be a little bit easier for them to go to LinkedIn and say, look, we haven't fallen apart. Come join our force. It'll be easier for them to go to companies and say, look, we'll take your engineers. So when I see LinkedIn, Yelp, Twitter, and Zynga fall apart, to me it reminds me of WebVan, Excited Home, Lycos, Exodus Communications. These were all once darlings in the first movement of the Internet up. And now we're starting to see some of the darlings in the second movement fall apart. In 99, 2000, if you owned Exodus, Lycos, Excite, Yahoo, Yahoo is $250 stock. Not split adjusted. Like, it was worth a lot of money. And I'm back in love with Marissa Mayer. This is really confusing me because I love her and I don't love her and then I love her. It was just announced that she's the highest paid female CEO of all time. And I think I'm materialistic. Does that make me shallow? This is radio. Don't shake your head. No. Thank you. So theater of the mind doesn't quite work quite like that. Or, or maybe I was asking the audience I am you I were, shallow. You could have been trying one of those pauses you were talking about. <laughs> A pause big enough to drive a Mack truck through? This is just getting awkward. I thought it was another pause. <laughs> Is this my Zuby Zuby? Oh, technical difficulties. We've gone off air. This doesn't actually work. You could say anything you want to say right now. No, don't, don't. don't. We, I don't know if our delay button works. We've got an engineer. And anytime you add an E to someone's last name, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Because his name already ends with E. And he's like, I don't know if the, the dump button works. Dump button is a seven-second delay for those out in the audience. Anyway, let's talk real estate. Let's talk investing. Um, how many people, and again, last segment we talked about how seven out of ten of my friends rent and don't own. Um, how many people come to you with this idea of I'm going to jump from renting to owning, and they're not even close? Like, whether it's a down payment or whether it's income, because... For someone to afford my home, I know the mathematical formulas. I know the historical formulas that you have to have, and it's tough. Like a million-dollar home, on all houses on my street are million-dollar homes. That technically, don't you have to have income of four hundred thousand to qualify for that? Yeah. So, so to afford a median home price here in the Bay Area, yeah, which is about six hundred thirty thousand right now, you have to make about a hundred and ten thousand dollars a year, and that's with a good credit score. That drops if your credit score is lower. So. But you have to come up with 20%, and, and that's really what's been a struggle for a lot of people, and, and not really only a struggle, but it's also driving people towards trying to save money for a house and get into a house because um, rents are going up. 
And when you do, if you if anybody does a rent versus buy calculator right now, and they look at your current rent and then look at another five percent increase every year on your rent, I think you're going to start seeing it make more sense to to buy. Then it's called a net payment, all right, where you compare it to your current rent. Your net payment on a mortgage payment after your tax benefits, after you're putting money into your your principal balance with a little bit of appreciation, and then you factor in the, the loss on the rate of return on that that down payment. And for the median home price in the Bay Area, with 20% down, you're actually paying less on your net mortgage payment than you are with the medium rent. So uh, that's what's driving people out of rents into buying a home. It's, and it works great with these low interest rates. I'll be honest with you. I have no understanding of anything you've said in the last two minutes. Uh, get a good rent versus buy calculator is what I said. Where do you get a good rent versus buy calculator? Uh, there's a great one at, at a place called Dinky Town. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Another, that, is that with an E at the end? No, it's a Y. Okay, Dinky with a Y. Dinky Town. And just Google Dinky Town or rent versus buy calculator. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm not going to type the I, word Dinky. I know. That's why I tell people just to email me and like I get sent it to me. Beneath me. But no, what... There's a lot of rent versus buy calculators out there, but they don't factor everything in. This one does. That's why I like using it. So get this, and this is even further. You know how we talk about Prop 13 and things? Mm-hmm. I told you that 7 out of 10 of my friends rent and don't buy and don't own. So their landlord probably has an old Prop 13 cost basis, which is really, really low, right? So 7 out of 10 of my friends have kids in school. And they're not helping the school system by having a higher property tax. Neither is the landlord. Well, the and land- neither is yeah. the landlord because, yeah. you know, Prop 13 covers certain things and certain things it does. And then the state takes school money from privileged school areas versus unprivileged school areas. And it's kind of a complicated formula. But another reason to hate Prop 13 is it keeps – it makes people who should be owning homes, my friends, people who are 40, they can't afford them. So – and it's easier for them to rent. So – I've got a $14,000 a year tax bill that they don't. Well, for those who, you know, we're in the, in the hottest real estate market in the United States, uh, yet we have... Are we talking hottest real estate agents? Are we talking <laughs> about hottest heat? Are we how talking I, about how sales? How did I know you were going to change that around for me? No, I'm talking about overall, the healthiest market. We have the largest pool of available... You the word pool. Are you talking swimming pool? We're, Sure, if that's what you, bikinis and all that good stuff. We have Wait, the largest pool I'm of... that jump. Go ahead. Well, it's, I think it's time for a pause. <laughs> okay, let's do a pause. It's pretty uncomfortable, isn't it? It is. I'm burning. Okay, so, so we, on the Kentucky Derby this weekend, uh, trifecta. Dortmund, American Pharaoh, and give me one more horse. Give me one more horse. Firing line. Ooh, not a bad one. No, it's not. I'm still. I, I'm the kind of guy who picks. If I do a trifecta, I'm not. I'm going to pick one of the top ones, and then some of the middle. Uh, you know, like the twelve to one odds, fifteen to one odds. That's the, always how it ends up. Okay, I'm going Dortmund in my trifecta. I'm not going to box it. I'm not going to box it. I'm going Dortmund, American Pharaoh, and Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> She's in my trifecta. Last year, she was a late scratch at the Kentucky Derby. You know how old she is? She's 73 years old. That's shocking. Okay, back to real estate. Something about a pool. We have the largest... Oh, wait, we got to get a break. ...amount of inventory that's... Well, the latest script for the Jersey Show are preparing to cross the line. I can see the bridge... We'll the talk real estate there, when we come back. Stop pouting. Because we got a great big convoy. If we don't get Convoy, you keep playing this song till I hear that. I'm Rob Black.
If I played this song for every break, every segment, how long do you think it would take for management to figure it out that I'm making fun of them? It wouldn't take that long. <laughs> I think it wouldn't take that long. Oh, I love this place. I do. I really do. That's the best part about it is I thrive on dysfunction. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Dollar index looks to snap a seven-day skid. The S&P 500 reclaims its 50-day average. You know, I brought this up a little earlier in the show. The S&P 500 hit an all-time record high last week. How about time for a cigarette? I know that's not politically correct thing to say. How about a cigar? It's not like having a baby, but it's pretty darn close. We look at the markets and like, oh, we're having an okay year. Jeez, we're only up 3%. That's 300% more that you're getting into the bank. You're getting nothing. Nada. Nil. Zippy. Zilts. I, just, I don't get people at times. Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source. Hey, Rob. You're my mortgage lender. I I was. I am. I like you so much, I want to use you again right now, but I just haven't had time to find a property. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people are out there in the same situation, Rob. They, they're busy doing their thing, and they, they, they feel the urgency to buy real estate. Same thing like a renter. Renters are going to keep feeling it more and more and more as these rents go up, and... They're going to see properties sell. They're going to see them going higher and higher and higher. And you're seeing the same thing. You want to get in as an investor, though. You uh, want to get those rents. And Actually, I just want to be a scumbag landlord. <laughs> that's, that's going to be on my business card. Scumbag landlord. So there's a stat that comes out in the Bay Area about... It's time to pay your rent. Uh, about, I don't have any money to pay rent. About the, time to pay your rent. I don't have any money to pay rent. Well, maybe we'll work something out. You're a scumbag. I want that in my life. Rob Black, SB. Okay. So rent's going up. There's a, a a stat that comes out every year about how much down payment it needs to uh, uh, the average investment property in the Bay Area. And, and so it started like in 2011, 2012. It was around 20% to break even. Okay. Then it went to 25, then to 30 percent. It's over 40 percent now to buy a an investment property uh-huh. to just break even. And there's a lot of people still doing it. Where the in, the investment opportunities are right now are properties that are in distress okay. because it's very difficult for a somebody to get a conventional or traditional type of loan on a property that has a, a missing wall or a kitchen that's completely destroyed or floors and. So a lot of these investors are still coming in with cash, but it, it, there are still opportunities there if you're interested. I'm going to do the whole interview with this voice. What's the typical 30-year mortgage rate? Uh, Freddie Mac has the 30-year fixed rate at 3.68% on a conforming loan. Yes. Do you have to have good credit for that? <laughs> yes. Average credit. Do you, know the, do you know the difference between a 640 score and a 740 score for conventional loan is about 100 what? points? <laughs> What's the difference between 640 and 740? I think I think you could run that show or that song again because I think that'll get you more attention than the, the song will. I'm a little boy who's never grown up. I have no comment. Interview's over. Where's where's a good place to buy? Dallas? Disneyland. I can't do the voice anymore. I'd like to. There's uh sometimes you meet children who their parents just aren't tough on them. And they sound something like this. Mom, I want a snack. And you're just like, come on. Use your big boy voice. Okay. This is a big, big question. If you could adopt Cartman, would you? Probably not. I would. In a hundred, like, times out of a hundred. I saw that comedy. Um, <coughs> What was the show that I saw? Oh, Book of Mormon. Couple things. I hate Broadway shows. 
but it, if it, if you were to see a Broadway show and you hate Broadway shows, this is probably the one to see. Uh, because it's like a South Park episode. But it's like South Park dance. It's like it's the costuming is pretty fantastic. Should we talk real estate again? It's up to you. It's your show. No, it's up to you. You're my guest. I have a real estate show. I know. And you know what I use your real estate show for? I'm nights when I'm ba- have terrible bouts of insomnia. <laughs> I put it on and <laughs> straight out like a brick. It's my head. Sure, we can talk real estate. You know the sound effect? You know what this is? Um, Ferris Bueller. No, try again. Nope, I don't know. It's the only one I can think of. Sarah Jessica Parker. Was I right? He was close. <laughs> You're close. Sarah Jessica Parker. Um. Okay, so what are we talking about with real estate? Okay, so I want to get a loan right now. Oh, 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 my friend. He asked me this week. He said, I'd like to take money out of my home. I'd like to do a money out of the home loan. Cash, I'm like, out, cash out loan. I'm like, cash out loan? And he's like, yeah, I'd like to take money out of my home. I'm like, what are you going to use it for? Um, do you ask those questions when people ask to take pull money out of their home? Yes. Okay. Do you legally have to? Uh, the the lender would like likes to know where the money's going. When really? The, oh, yeah. So if you're buying a car and you're not buying it outright, they want to know what loan you're going to get, and they factor that in, that payment into your ratios. Same thing if you take hundred grand out and you want to buy investment property. They're going to – if you tell them this, yeah. that's the whole part of that is if. Most people take it out and say, I'm going to save it for emergency or do home repairs. Has this, anyone ever said, I want to take $100,000 out and buy a lot of weed? <laughs> Would the bank approve that? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, so my friend wants to take money out and invest it in a startup company. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to think twice before I tell you yes or no on that one. Because it's it's risk. Anytime you pull money out, you now have – you have to pay it back at a, a certain rate, right? What's the rate typically? It depends on if you get an equity line or if you just do a, what they call a total cash out refi. He wants to do an equity line. 4%. It's not bad. No. It's adjustable, but – you know that's the the the, the upside is and you have to start paying it back immediately. Um, the upside to an equity line is that you only pay payments on the balance, so he could get open the equity line and then only borrow what he needs. Okay. And then make payments on that. It's not like a cash out refi where you take the money all out at once and then you start making pay payments on an interest right away. Gotcha. So there's some different. You know, in, in 2006 we were at average 84 billion dollars a year in cash out refinances today we're at 7.7 so people are going to start catching on that equities are back up and we're going to start taking money out it's it's helping the remodeling business we already know that very much so so we've everywhere you look there's a house that's being remodeled there's some scaffolding around there's new paint there's trucks up and down the street that's a very good business part of the um of, of what's going on with good equity right now and it's low interest rates yes bathrooms and kitchens are the most popular Right now, and then roofs and windows and doors and things like that. Okay. So in in that order. Yeah. So it's it's up considerably in the last couple of years. So I want to get a contractor who will remodel my home, but I don't want, like, wood siding or vinyl siding. I want the house made out of balsa wood. You can always go back and get the T1 siding. What's that? It's that awful, awful plywood that has that one groove that goes down the... The middle, it's just all, and then it always curves in the it seams. How great would it be if you had a house made out of balsa wood? Be honest with me. Like, you get mad, you punch the hole in the wall, and like the whole wall falls down. <laughs> You'd feel like, don't make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna rip this wall down. <laughs> or that uh, styrofoam. Styrofoam would be fun too. Like, you could like be like John Madden and make this great entrance, like, oh, I, run through the wall. I actually have a, a, a friend who built his house with the, 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 you know, like in the studio, you have those the foam walls. Okay. He he. Eggshell. No, no, no. I'm talking about the soundproof yeah, foams. Eggshell. Yeah, eggshell card. That they put behind, and he put it behind his um, his drywall. So mm-hmm. all, and he had to use the extra long screws. But it his you can literally walk in that room and jump up and down. You can't hear it in the other rooms. It's fantastic. Spent a lot of money on it. Who's this friend? It's some guy I know. One of my five like a, out of ten friends that I know that own a house. It sounds like a fire hazard. 
no, he did it because he wanted like a he wanted a he rents the other half of his house, so he wanted to be uh, quiet. But it does sound like a fire hazard. Did you know five out of your ten friends make up fifty percent of your friends? That's about a hundred percent correct. And wh- who's the one dentist who doesn't believe in brushing your teeth? Three out of four dentists approve toothbrushes. One out of four doesn't. It's a hundred and thirty percent true. Next topic. What do you got? Uh, what do I have for you? Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I, we. I think that topic about taking cash out. A lot of people are seeing a lot of equity and yeah. they're looking at having built up some credit card debt. It's something that really uh, it can drain somebody's uh, account for the yeah. most part if they don't at- attack that. So, how much is that transaction to a HELOC? Equity lines, if you go to the right place, are relatively cheap. I mean, under $1,000. Under $1,000, okay. Yeah. So if you have like $20,000 credit card debt at 18%, maybe it's something I would look at both options, doing a total refinance or an equity line, because one can make more sense over the other. And you don't want to get yourself back. You want to debt. tap equity in your home, contact Tony at Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com, or just contact me, Rob, at RobBlack.com. Black talking all things financial money invested in more. Joining me now from Newsweek, Betsy Isaacson. How are you, Miss Isaacson? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, you wrote a fascinating article, and again, I tip my hat to you because you know, for me to sit down and read an article in this day and age seems, you know, <laughs> I don't do it enough. But man, this article: homeless millennials are transforming the hobo culture all of us grew up with an image of a hobo and typically it was this poor guy maybe in st louis jumping on a train track maybe jumping in a train sleeping in it overnight there was was a little bandana on the stick yeah um you're finding that that's not the case aren't you yeah um the article is actually about you know how a lot of hobos vagabonds etc have started using smartphones um which, you know, we look at those and we think, oh, man, smartphones, they're some sort of luxury good. What are these people who can't even afford houses doing with smartphones? And the answer is they're really useful if you don't have a house. Like, um, you know, if you're traveling, if you're an itinerant, if you're a hobo, it's really, really good to have Google Maps. It's really, really good to be able to check the weather. If you don't have a house, you don't want to get caught out in the rain and so on and so forth. It's interesting because that's 21st century coming to, as you called it, a vagabond. Um, how yeah. how do they afford said smartphone? Because the last time I checked, those are $200 items. So you know how you buy a smartphone with a data plan and suddenly the smartphone is free? Okay. Uh, you can do a lot of that. And you can get data plans like Virgin Mobile, I think, now has a data plan that's $35 a month, which is you know, not very much, certainly not the same as the cost of a house. And a lot of these people, they'll travel together in a big group and they'll share the cost of one cell phone with one data plan. I'm almost thinking you're making this up. Nope. How, how did you actually find this data? How did you find the proof that this exists? Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I started doing my research in New York City at a place called the Museum of Reclaimed Urban Space, which is where, which is connected to a lot of squatter communities. Um, and then I started, so there is a subreddit called, um, r slash vagabond. That is a subreddit for largely houseless travelers who are traveling around the country and they're posting to Reddit with, you know, stories of the traveling and tips and, you know, anything that concerns being houseless 
living on the road or the rails or in a van or something like that. So you actually are seeing these hobo communities springing up online now because you can get online if you have a smartphone with data. Um, and it's pretty cool because um, there's, you know, there's a lot of stigma about being homeless. And it's, I mean, it's, I guess, empowering is the word, although that's such a sort of, it, it seems like such a saccharine word nowadays that, you know, you've got these people who've been sort of on by society and they're coming together on the internet and being like, hey, it's totally okay to be us. Also, here are some tips for, you know, how to survive without dental care or find public outlets or find public Wi-Fi. It's interesting because my definition of homeless, I go back to college and there was a college professor who made us go homeless for a weekend. And we weren't homeless because we still had a home to go to. And that was, you know, the psychology that I knew, even as cold as it was. And I, someone came and tried to pump drugs in my arm and charge me. But there was this, I knew I still had a home, even though it's kind of a crazy lifestyle. In your article, there's kind of um, not a want by millennials to become homeless or vagabonds. But there's certainly something going on there with millennials that it's it's not as big of a stigma as when I was growing up, as homeless people were mentally insane. There was something terribly wrong with them that they couldn't have a home. Like, things have changed a bit, haven't they? Yeah. And, I mean, I think a lot of that is, in fact, that a lot of homeless communities, a lot of communities of squatters, a lot of communities of travelers have been able to connect with each other and actually become a community in, you know, a fairly straightforward way. And so... If you're a squatter now, you can fight the stigma that comes with being a squatter, which is great and was totally not something you could do very much, you know, back before everyone was on the Internet all the time. One of my favorite lines in your article is, where there used to be jungles and hobohemias, now the Internet is the place present-day hobos, many of the millennials go to connect and build a community. It, yeah. That almost makes it sound nice. Like, I just put my mom in an old folks' home, and, like, <laughs> you know, they try to make it look pretty, but it's kind of like prison for old people. It's a small room, and there's people that guard them. Um, it, there's no stigma here. This sounds lovely. I want to do this almost. Like, I would love to give up my mortgage payment. Not really. But... I mean, there's still stigma. Like, just look at the comments. I read the comments after I posted the article, and I got so angry because – I don't know, people who take time on the internet to be like, man, homeless people, I sure hate them. You're like, why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you posting on a news magazine site? But so there's still stigma. You might remember a couple years ago, there was a, a San Francisco dot comer who was like, homeless people are ruining, ruining the city for us. And it was, it was the opposite of what you're talking about, where it was a millennial dot comer who came home from a flight and he was tired that there was someone who was homeless and peeing on the side of the street and he basically said you're ruining the experience of nirvana you're ruining the experience of camelot for me uh, so there is still some stigma even amongst millennials to millennials uh, per yeah se. and you made I mean, a you made a huge mistake reading comments do never ever ever read internet yeah comments. no it was a big mistake i'm not gonna do it again i've learned my lesson but yeah i mean you know if you're living in san francisco in a you know comfortable home in your tech bubble or whatever bubble you found yourself in, seeing homeless people is hard because, frankly, even though, you know, there's maybe not as much stigma as there used to be and the homeless community is getting empowered, it's still really hard to be homeless. And it's not something that, you know, we, our country, any given community has really managed to fix. And that sort of sucks. And yet you're saying they're fixing it themselves with mobile technology. For instance, you quote a statistic in Australia, mobile penetration is 92% of the population. In the United States is 90%. But surprisingly, and this is fall out of the chair surprisingly, in the homeless community it's 89%, which isn't that different than this general communication, uh, the general population. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you can say they're fixing it and, you know, certainly it's, it's, almost definitely better to be a homeless person with a mobile phone than be a homeless person without a mobile phone. But a mobile phone still isn't a home. And a lot of these people would like to be in homes, and it's just not happening. So where does this go? Um, first, let's talk about the tech real quick. 
If you have a mobile phone, you need a data plan. Um, are any of these homeless cities, the tent cities, there once was one big enough in San Jose that it was able to be picked up on a satellite map? Are these communities getting wired per se, or is it still just the data, the cheap data plans that you're talking about? I mean, it's still, it's still a lot of it is the cheap data plans and public Wi-Fi. So you can go, you know, there are maps. You go into the actually, if you go into the sidebar of Our Vagabond or you know, several other places, you can just get maps of all the public Wi-Fi hotspots. Like, people are just crowdsourcing these maps of, like, okay, here's where you can get free Wi-Fi, here's where you can get free Wi-Fi, here's where you can get free Wi-Fi, here's where you can get free Wi-Fi. So the communities aren't getting wired so much as making resources of where to find, you know, free Wi-Fi, free data, free outlets, places to charge your phone, et cetera, et cetera. So, Betsy... In conclusion or in wrap-up, I'll give you a minute or two. Maybe you can tell me what you got out of the article, what you want us to get out of the article. Um, it's The article's called Homeless Millennials are Transforming the Hobo Culture. Uh, Newsweek, um, Betsy Isaacson, April 19th. Um, what do you want well, us to pull out of this? Um, a few things. I mean, so some of this was prompted by, I think there was, some guy probably in San Francisco who, you know, posted some rant, I think, on Tumblr being like, why do homeless people have smartphones? How dare they have smartphones? They're homeless. And I was just like, man, I can think of so many reasons why if you're homeless, a smartphone would be really, really useful. And so part of this was just to bust up sort of this idea that homeless people aren't entitled to have smartphones. They shouldn't have those luxuries. They shouldn't have those precious smartphones. You I know, get it. Housing is a necessity, but a smartphone is a luxury, and why do they have those things? And also to sort of pull the image of the hobo out of the 1930s, out of the, you know, drifter with the guitar, jumping on trains, and living in a hobogemia. And, I mean, there's some of that still going on, and, you know, more power to it. But we sort of have this romanticized image of the hobo and I was just like man that's probably not how hobos are doing things anymore I kind of like to figure out how they actually are doing things it's sort of like the difference between you know pirates of the Caribbean and Somali pirates like this is a different thing right you know homelessness now looks different there are different homeless communities and we've still got this you know image going back to the 1930s of you know this a very romanticized image of hobos, which... Or, in my case, a very disturbed image of hobos, of hom yeah. homeless people. Agree. Yeah. A very romanticized or very, very disturbed image of hobos, which isn't quite congruent with reality. I think the shocking twist for me that I saw, and help me in 10 seconds or less, the millennial angle on it, is it just the technology? What, what, do, you, what do you find in that? So, the Great Recession got a lot of people homeless. And a lot of those people who got homeless had uh, smartphones, and a lot of those people were younger. Gotcha. So, I got to catch yeah. you off. Unfortunately, I asked too big of a question. It's Betsy Isaacson with Newsweek. You can find her at Newsweek.com. It's Isaacson, I-S-A-A-C-S-O-N. I'm Rob Black. This house is falling apart. We're going to rattle this ghost town. Earlier in the show, I talked about one of the worst things that could possibly happen for Bay Area real estate. One of the best things that could happen for Bay Area real estate is an earthquake. Because an earthquake is a natural event that happens. Shake things up. You get some movers like, honey, I don't want to die in this house. We're moving back to the East Coast. You get some sellers. But when LinkedIn, Yelp, Twitter, and Zynga all announce stocks that fall 20% in a week, it's one of the worst things that can happen to Bay Area real estate prices from the owner's perspective. From a renter's perspective, it's one of the best things that can happen because there's going to be job cuts. And people who own houses at LinkedIn, Yelp, Twitter, and Zynga, there's a rumor that Salesforce could be acquired this week, maybe by Microsoft. 
Salesforce goes out and acquires a lot of $400,000 a year revenue companies, a lot. They're a big buyer of small companies. And small companies, they too have mortgages. And the Bay Area, is, is, it, it thrives on small companies. Three engineers who get together and come up with a new application that they hope one day Salesforce will buy. So if Microsoft buys up Salesforce, it, it kills innovation. So you don't want to see big mergers like that, Oracle or Microsoft pick them up. If you want higher real estate prices, or if you if you do, if you're a renter, because there will be hell to pay. Not like with your soul, but in vacancies at homes, a lot of LinkedIn, Yelp, Twitter, Zynga employees are going to say, you know what? Job market ain't what I, what I want it to be. I'm going to go check out Chicago. I'm going to go check out Seattle. I'm going to go check out New York. Um, so that's four very big swing and misses this week. And to me... That's probably the first horseman of the real estate apocalypse. And again, I use this apocalypse lightly. Um, I don't think we we're going down 50%. I don't think housing is going to end up in a ghost town yet. I do want to mention that at one point in time, Cleveland once was a great city in the United States. It was the pearl of the country. Same with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's new slogan, we're the armpit of the country. Um, Washington, D.C. once. I mean, a lot of great cities. Detroit once was a great city. And now it's a ghost town. So people should worry that Japan's prime minister came here this week and said, we want tech jobs in Japan. Because when you put tech jobs in Japan, you take housing in the Bay Area and you kind of like one of those really weird films where a woman's got high heels and I'm not going to go there with puppies and stuff, but it's a bad sign. Anyhow, feels like Game of Thrones in here today. Just so you know. Any commentary on real estate? Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source. He does my loans. He's someone I trust, and he comes in on Fridays and uh, plays along. So one of the – what makes the Bay Area unique is that we have an abundance of high-dollar earners. Yeah. And yet our wages are still pretty steady. They're not that high, but they're pretty steady. But we have an abundance of it. And that's why we've seen some of the, the median home price – kind of bounce around, kind of up and down over the last six, seven months. We had a four-month dip uh, through the winter, and it's picked up considerably. It was up 7 8% over the last, uh, from February to March. So, but it's still much lower than the average, and that's because a lot of the median price means that more homes are selling at the lower price end, the lower end of the scale. And we're seeing a lot of that, places like the East Bay really picking up. And inventory, a lot of people are saying, we're getting, we're getting over asking price. We're going to sell these properties. And, and a lot of people are moving out of San Francisco and out of San Jose into the places where they can afford you know, some of those median home prices. So My community has gotten a lot younger in the last seven years where I'm kind because of, of what you're saying. Oh, people yeah. People leave in the big city for the smaller mm-hmm. city. And uh, we're, we're also seeing a lot more couples as opposed to individual incomes. So we have dual incomes buying houses. Which makes a big difference. The, the difference between $100,000, which you can buy for $100,000, or what you can buy with $200,000 is right. a big difference. Um, so we're seeing a lot more of that kind of household formations uh, nowadays. We're not seeing really, you know, two guys saying, hey, you know, uh, we can't buy a house individually, but we'll come together and, you know, partnership up in this house. We're not seeing a lot of that, but we are probably going to see more of it as these home prices continue to rise. I really don't think there's an apocalypse, Rob. I think that we do see a slowdown. The, the barrier... Here's here's my theory about Bay Area real estate. Yep. The people who have bought houses in the bought houses and owned houses in the last five, six, seven years have either refinanced or bought at low decent interest rates. But not only that, they bought at with tight guidelines, which means that they didn't get teaser rate, they didn't do a liar loan, they didn't do an interest only. They bought the the property or they refinanced the property under tight guidelines. They can actually afford the property with low lower than sta- the high those really loose ratios, those debt ratios. So we have a, a large inventory of houses that people can actually afford, which which diminishes the risk of foreclosures and short sales down the road. So I would feel more comfortable knowing that the buyer, the person who's buying my house or my neighbor's house. For the record, I'm not saying it, apocalypse, apocalypse. I'm not like talking scorched earth. I think that my city has hit a peak. Rationally, it's hit a peak. Now, can we get more irrational and go higher? Hell yeah, we can. You know who I want to move into my neighborhood? Khaleesi. 
I want her to come from Westeros all the way to where I live. It could happen. She could put her dragons in the basement. I think the the Bay Area has moved into a different territory. We're we're definitely in in I don't uncharted want territory here with with Bay Area prices. We we don't know what our peak's going to be, Rob. We we, we we're not going to. I, I know what the peak's going to be. Okay. I, I I know a fortune teller. She's right seven out of times. Seven out of how many times did I say? Seven, seven out, out of times. times. She's right seven out of times. I'm patenting that stuff. That's good stuff. You have no idea who the Khaleesi is, do you? No. She's got a dragon named Carl. Is that a Game of Thrones thing? Yes. Okay. No, it's on my Netflix list. Good luck with that. That Madman and a couple other shows. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find Tony and do a loan with him, do a refi, take money out, originate a new product. But you got to get to know him. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com or email him, Tony, at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 